from the Outpost Radio. This is the Outpost, live from the great outdoors. I'm Tim Howard with country superstar, wine aficionado, movie star, movie producer, radio host extraordinaire, hunter, fisherman, and great all-around guy, Kix Brooks. How you doing, Kix? I'm good, Tim. Is that all you could come up with? Well, I had to shorten it, you know. But speaking of uh, the first part, I see you guys uh, put out some new new news uh, regarding Reba and Brooks and Dunn and some more shows in Vegas. Yeah, I don't know. I guess um, here we go again. Uh, we've got uh, the, the Iranian and Mariba show and with kicks. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been great, man. It's all been sold out and, and rocking, and um, it's it's really different not to uh, jump on a bus every night and go to a different place and uh, get about three hours of sleep in a, on some bad roads and uh, then have your stuff working for the show the next day. And, and it's, it's really an honor to think that this many fans will take the time to, to make that effort for us, you know, and instead of us going to them, they're coming to us and it's, it's a fun trade off. And I think uh, everybody's really enjoying being in Vegas and it's, it's a great theater and we got a really badass band and it's just been working real fun. Well, man, that's awesome. Of course, they can go to kicksbrooks.com and, and get tickets to go out there. But I guess you're doing uh, a couple of sets of new shows coming up, uh, maybe late this year into early of next year. Yeah, we'll do uh, – we'll do – I mean, I, ha- I really don't even know how long we're going to be out there anymore because um, we do <laughs> generally play on Tuesday, Fridays, and Saturdays. And, um, and we'll be back out there the last two weeks of July, and we'll be there in December again during rodeo finals, which, you know, Ronnie and I ended our tours for about 14 years in a row out there. We were playing at the old Elvis room at the Hilton for all those years. But it was such a great way to end our tour and get our get our band and crew and their families to all come out, you know, and after a hard year of touring to sit down for three or four days and play. So we've always loved Vegas and, and especially during rodeo finals. It's so cowboy and, and country and uh, we really take that town over. So those December dates are really fun. And I had never been out there, honestly, in July and it's hot, but man, the fans are just rocking out there. Summertime in Vegas, I guess everybody's on vacation and just in a great mood. So, um, you know, May, July, December, and uh, we're definitely, uh, with these new dates they've added, going into uh, going into 17, 2017, but I haven't seen the schedule yet. So, who knows, if people keep enjoying this, and we, we're certainly having a good time, uh, we, could, we could be rocking that thing for a while. But it's only like two weeks at a run, so it's... It's not like uh, some grueling, you know, Wayne Newton six months out there at a time. Well, and I assume that's helping your golf game out a little bit, being out in Vegas, all those great courses. You know, I would have retired a while ago, Tim, except I think my golf game is about as good as it's going to get. 
and <laughs> nobody enjoys the game more. But it doesn't matter how much I play or practice. I kind of play how I play. And, and uh, yeah, the, but the golf out there is great. So I'm taking full advantage of it. You know, I was thinking about, gosh, it's been about 10 years since we first met. And you were just starting a new little enterprise on a hill south of Nashville. And my daughter actually went out and uh, helped uh, pick on some vines. But uh, you started a vineyard. I remember the first building going up and here it yeah, is man. 10 years later what's the deal with the vineyard i'm sure it's just super huge now it has just gone crazy uh we're having so much fun and we've we've gone from having a you know a little uh, tasting bar on a hill and and uh, i think you know the first couple of years we probably i don't know we we sold about 2,000 cases which we were very excited about, and uh, this year I think we'll probably do close to 23,000 cases, and over 90% of that's out the front doors, which means Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there'll be 1,500 to 2,000 people out there. We have two sides to the property. One has a big Tennessee barn that we've got all tricked out, and we have bluegrass fans playing there and picnic tables out on the lawn and great food and wine tastings and all that, and then up on the hill we've got more of a Napa experience, which is that we have a big tasting lodge up there and tasting rooms and premier experiences and tours, and we have jazz bands playing up there. So you can just wander back and forth between the two and, and really get a great wine experience. Well, if people are coming to Tennessee and they want to check it out, uh, where, where do they go? What do they do? Well, uh, you know, you can obviously find that stuff just Googling around on me, Kicks, Brooks, and Wine, and we'll get you there pretty quick. But Arrington is the name of the vineyard, and that's the little town we're in. That's why it's called that. And um, it's it's close to Franklin for people that have been in the area. It's maybe 35, 40 minutes south of Nashville. But, of course, there's maps and all that stuff online. Awesome. Hey, I saw where you and, and your son are getting into the movie industry. Is that is that right? Yeah, we're, we're not getting into it. We are big time into it. We've made a couple of different movies together. We just actually got done filming a, a, a new picture called uh, You're Going to Miss Me, oddly enough. And uh, it stars uh, John Schneider's in there and uh, a bunch of other uh, folks you'd recognize. But um, it's cool. It's, uh, uh, we It won't be out probably till I think it comes out in August maybe. But we're, we're done filming and uh, finishing up with the songs and the score on it. And, um, and I actually do play a part in it. I play Crazy Uncle Elmer. It's about a, a <laughs> John Schneider plays a country music uh star who dies and his sons he's got two sons that are kind of wild bucks and and they hate him and they hate each other and they go to the will reading and find out to get their inheritance they've uh They've got to make a cross-country trip on motorcycles to visit a bunch of their crazy relatives that they've never met. So that's sort of what the that's sort of what the premise is. But a lot of stuff happens in between, as you can imagine. And um, and we've got like three or four other projects in the works. Uh, my son Eric studied film and English at Vanderbilt, and he's 28 years old now, and he's a light and little sucker. And we've we've had a lot of fun doing this together. Man, it just doesn't seem like it was that long ago you were buying a little GTO car for him because uh, he just got. I driver's license <laughs> yeah the good father-son project yeah. well i kind of figured it would be uh speaking of that yeah. you and i met uh, about 10 years ago i guess uh when you became the host of american country countdown and yeah. since that time it has just grown into a monster uh, you have a, a country countdown award show uh, so much going on i and you've branched out into a uh, 
other parts of radio as a personality. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. Well, thanks for teaching me about radio, Tim. Yep, you were my first producer and really introduced me. I didn't have a clue what the heck I was doing, and somehow we managed to stay on the air. Uh, and I was really bad back then. After 10 years, I'm starting to get a little confidence and starting to uh, relax and enjoy it a little bit more. And you're right, we just had the second uh, American Country Countdown Awards and, of course, had a great cast, everybody from Luke to Kerry to Florida Georgia Line and on and on. It was a great show. And, and I'm also doing an overnight show now called Kicking It With Kicks. It's on seven days a week in about 150 markets, I think. And, uh, yeah, just still rocking along. I can't believe 10 years later. Later and they're still letting me talk on the radio. Oh, I'm sure uh, the door will be open for you as long as you want to walk through it, my friend. Um, but, you know, meeting you, you were so gracious in showing me, because uh, we both share one great thing, and that's love of the great outdoors. We both fish, we both hunt. Uh, you took me to your land in Tennessee, uh, which you had done a lot of stuff on just that piece of land uh, to make it better habitat for deer and turkey and what have you. But what I'm really interested in is your family land down in Louisiana. Uh, uh, you've done a lot over the years to uh, make that a really great piece of hunting property, made improvements uh, conservation-wise. Uh, talk to the people about things they can do when they own a big piece of land like that and how they can make it better because you've done a lot over the years with that land. Well, I Thank you, and that's true, and I've probably traded a couple of thousand acres of farmland. Our family's on that property since 1807, and when my father passed away, he pretty much left his, his piece to me and my brother, who also loves to hunt, and um, and we've had a we've had a great time. I, I just felt like, you know, with generations to come, I'm not really a farmer, and I, I lease, still lease out a few hundred acres, uh, you know, that we've farmed, but... I was really concerned with my kids, you know, they're ones in LA, ones in New York and whatever. And this is a property that I want to stay in and our family for generations to come. And, and they both, you know, they enjoy the outdoors, but they don't know anything about farming. And so I thought it might, it might be better just to try and work on, on wildlife con conservation. And that could be something that could be passed down through generations, probably easier farming as you know that's that's a real business and something that takes experience and god bless the families that have continued to dedicate their lives to family farms but it just hasn't worked out in our family in particular so but i love like you say wildlife in general and i do like to hunt but i get just as much enjoyment of going out with my binoculars and just seeing what's moving and what's going on and what's alive and of course in louisiana that's plenty so um yeah what to answer your question, what people can do, of course, depending on where you are in the country, where I am doesn't apply to everyone, but I think one of the real joys of the internet is there's always someone in your area that has a similar situation that, that you can talk to about whatever project you may have in mind. For me, I really wanted to build uh, a duck habitat, so um, Ducks Unlimited was, was very helpful. There's quite a few government programs, um, uh, some of which I'm in, conservation programs, especially when you turn farmland into wildlife habitat, um, that they will, you know, supplement um, some in income to to helping you develop those things. But more importantly, they put experts uh, in your area that are in your area to helping you out. So 
I've dammed up, you know, little creeks. Uh, because we were farming cotton, you know, way back when, we had wells and stuff out there. So I can have the luxury of filling my ponds up out of the ground. All I have to do is pay for diesel. But, um, you know, it's it's pretty easy to regulate water levels and things like that. Ducks Unlimited has helped me learn about, you know, duck food and those kind of things. And also with a lot of those programs uh, also comes deer plots are all part of that conservation program. So in between these ponds and stuff, we have plots. And again, depending on your area, they help you with different kinds of clover and deer food and things that you can do, all of which I've done. And it's really fun just to get on a four-wheeler and just cruise around. And I mean, there's just everything you can imagine moving. The, the only ones that we really hate are the beavers because they can screw up everything you've done in a hurry. Man, those suckers can, can dam up some water, which, you know, blow out dams and all those kind of things. They're really pissed. But uh, everything else, you know, we've got from gators to big deer to groundhogs, bald eagles, you name it. And it's just, if you enjoy wildlife, there's a lot of opportunities. And again, you did that over the years, so you have been able to see the change take place by those efforts. And what are some of those changes that really uh, stick out in your mind? Well, it's just, I mean, the main thing that as you get older, uh, like we are, I still think of myself as a third grader. I, you know, <laughs> the older you get, the more you realize your mentality stays the same. But um, just like you talking about the winery in 10 years, what grapevines do, it's the same thing. We planted all these little cypress trees and stuff. You know, when we started, this was just, these were pasture lands. And now you drive back there and they're wood. And again, my, between me and my dad, we, we worked on this. It's been 20 years now. Well, a lot happens in 20 years just as far as the, the look, the woods that grow up, these cypress trees are happening now. So instead of just some ponds out in the cow pasture, now you've got woods surrounding them. So you see wood ducks, you know, starting to habitat this area. When those mallards come cupping in, you know, you've got you got green timber and, and all this stuff happening that before it was just you know, it, it's easy to look back, it seems like yesterday, but now we have our we have our own, you know, real wildlife habitat for ducks and deer and you know, all kind of wildlife. I'll tell you the bears have really moved in on us too, which is amazing. Wow. Northern Louisiana bears. And, and again, when yeah, they man. have the habitat, they'll come. It it works that yeah. way. It's a wonderful thing. So That's I know it. you're a busy guy all the time. Do you still find time to hunt and fish? And do you have anything uh, planned uh, coming up or any big trips you just took that uh, stand out? Absolutely. And and right now, you know, we just, we're just coming out of turkey season. So I um, busted a couple of turkeys this year, which I always try to do. I, I never turkey hunted in Louisiana. and Tennessee, we have so many turkeys up here. Um, I was just talking to one of our commissioners last week, as a matter of fact, and he said the population was down a little bit, so they're regulating that. It, it used to be you could take six turkeys a day in Tennessee because like deer, you know, we, we see this in waves and, and they become pests, uh, basically. And I think a lot of people that don't understand how wildlife programs work and especially how hunting uh, programs and licensing works, um, they just don't realize that if, if it weren't for hunters and wildlife enthusiasts, um, you wouldn't have any wildlife. You know, people want to enjoy it, but they don't want to get involved and what it takes to be a, a responsible hunter, but but b you know the regu the regulations and the licensing, and of course hunters pay for all these programs and and pay for conservation. Um, all those licenses do, and um, for those of us who are responsible hunters, uh, it has a lot to do with the fact that we have the amount of wildlife that we need, but also that 
you know, we're, we're not overrun and all your, you know, you don't have deer starving to death uh, or running around in residential areas getting hit by cars and stuff like that. So uh, all these programs uh, for people that, you know, that I see online complaining and whatever about, you know, people killing stuff and this and that, you know, it, it makes you mad if you're a responsible hunter and you know how hard from Ducks Unlimited to responsible deer hunters and on down the line how important uh hunting and wildlife conservation is oh it's very important and you said you got a couple of turkeys did you uh how was deer season this past season deer season was good um i've got a lot of deer on my property and i'm kind of different than most people you know over the years i've I've killed some big bucks, and and I don't really care about that anymore. I still love to cook venison, uh, so I make sure that I've got a deer in the freezer every year. But basically, I will I will track on my property, you know, in the fall, uh, kind of get a good feel for what kind of deer I've got, where they are, how they travel, uh, and then I'll get that ugly one with a you know a crooked spike or something like that that I've. Really, if I got to take one out, he's the guy that I probably don't re- want reproducing. My big horns and my pretty bucks, um, I let them walk. Um, so I'm just a meat eater as far as venison goes. But man, I love being out in the woods. I love to deer hunt, and I'm a, I'm a bow hunter only. And again, if you're a bow hunter, you got to be responsible. You know, you don't want to wound a deer and whatever. So uh, when I stick one, I'm in I'm in a good spot at fairly close range and I feel confident he's going down. You know, and you nailed it right there. Uh, the hunt is so much more fun than the kill in my mind. Um, yeah, yeah. And and it's not bad to just take a camera with you and and take the picture Absolutely. if you don't need him, you know. Yeah, it's Absolutely. all good. Well, Kix, I really want to appreciate uh, and thank you for uh, spending some time with us today. We got to talk about a bunch of stuff, but more importantly about hunting and fishing, and, and that's the main track. Although we didn't talk about fishing much, have you been fishing any? Man, I haven't, but I'm going to Louisiana in two weeks, and you were just talking about crappie. That's where my farm is down there, backs up to a to a reservoir that you've been to, uh, Turkey Creek back there. And they say that we got you know we got flooded. You probably heard about. Uh, probably got some of it uh, where you are, but we got 22 inches in two days and uh, flooded everything. I put up, it was pretty funny. Uh, if you remember, I've got a dam uh, around my bass pond back there. And right. I, I put in, put post up and put um, chicken wire up about five feet all the way around it. So the water got up over my dams. It completely flooded my bass pond in the woods. But if you can imagine, there was still a foot of chicken wire, a big ring, so my bass couldn't get out, and all the gar and alligators and everything couldn't get in, and the water's <laughs> back down. It looks like I saved everything. But, uh, Man, yeah, that's a great idea, though. Here, but, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a great plan, and it worked. And, that's uh, awesome. But because of the flooding, I guess the crappie fishing is just ridiculous, and I can't wait to get down there and get after them. They're awfully tasty, and now's a good time to, to get into them. Uh, they're doing their thing. Man, thank you so yeah, much for spending some time with us today. We really appreciate it. You got it, Tim. Great to talk to you, friend. The Outpost Radio On Demand, from the on-demand page of theoutpostlife.com. Crime. She plays with my heart and messes with my mind. 
Acts like Madonna, but she listens to Merle. 